Today's daf is daf kuvav. We are holding about 17 lines up from kuf, on kufhemet bays. Tanya, we learned in a brisa. So this brisa is going to be addressing one of the types of shvuah that are mandated by the Torah. And this basically is a shvuah that if a person saw testimony that would be beneficial in a financial case, so you saw testimony that your testimony would help Ruvain be able to uh, win his case in a financial case, and you don't want to testify. So you're saying, I never saw anything. So it says that Ruvain, if he knows that you did see it, can come over to you, and he can adjure you. Subpoena. He can force you to take an oath to swear that you never saw anything. And if you still maintain your ignorance and swear falsely, and then after that admit, Yom Kippur is coming, you admit to it, so there's a halacha that you have to bring a type of kormachat that's called the korban oliva yorid. Mm. And oliva yorid is, it's a sliding scale, depending on what the financial capabilities of the person determines what the item that has to be brought in the korban is. But that's one of the cases of a korban oliva yorid, is where you had a shvusa edus, you swore falsely that you could have uh, testified. Now, this uh, the the next coming uh, the upcoming Gemara is going to determine under what circumstances do you have to take the oath, meaning what is the knowledge necessary that you are withholding? Is it have to be a slam dunk? That means that if you would testify a hundred percent that that testimony would have resulted in the uh, financial award that would have been given, or is it that something that you have testified potentially could have created a circumstance that Ruvain would have won his case, but not necessarily. Not necessarily. We'll see the examples. So, Tanya, you learned in a brisa. Amar ben Azai, Gimel Shvuas Hain. There are three circumstances that can be discussed concerning whether a shvua should or should not be made. He's going to get three scenarios. What are they? The first one is, Hikr Bavaloi B'Motsoh, where the, uh, the aide the, who's being adjured, he says, listen, at the end of the day, really, I, I did recognize your animal. I know that that was your animal, Ruvain, but I have no idea whose field it ran into means Itaka saw your animal run into a field. Now, Reuven is claiming against Shimon that Shimon found his animal and is refusing to return it, but I had no idea that it was Shimon's field, and I had no idea that Shimon took it. So the only thing I could have helped you with is I could have testified that I did see Reuven's animal run in proximity somewhere around there, run into someone's house around there, but I had no idea whose house it was. I, had no, I, don't even know, I can't even identify which house it is. Forget about who's the person that took it. Rashi points out it could have still t- technically led to Ruvain uh, uh, f- being able to claim victoriously because Ruvain then would have known at least the vicinity of where the animal went 
and he could have done his due diligence, and he, and he might have been able to uncover who the person was that took his animal. But because you wouldn't even tell, you wouldn't even give that information as the fact that you had seen Ruven's animal run in that vicinity, therefore Ruven was, was not able to have that information. That's case number one. The Mozart. I did see Shimon find an animal. I saw an animal going to Shimon's yard and Shimon locked the door. But Lobo, but I had no idea that it was your animal. I mean, I had no idea. I can't recognize your animal from the all look alike. I have no idea whether it's yours or whether it was anybody else's. The only thing I saw is that Shimon, again, it would not have been a, a, a testimony that a 100% would have resulted in... Uh, Shimon being able to, um, uh, I mean, Reuven being able to win a court case, but it could have been something that could have given Reuven a lead to be able to reclaim his property. And the last one is, Loba Veloba Mozart. The last one is, I had no idea that that was your animal. I had no idea that it went into Shimon's field. I had no idea it was even a lost animal. I don't know if it was yours. I don't know if it was Shimon's. I, I, I saw, I saw nothing that indicated in any way that there was any malfeasance going on here. Sigmar says like that, Lo bava, lo bava, then what he did was he swore falsely. If he swore ignorance that I had no information, and he did not know whose animal it was, and he did not know whose field it went into, what did the guy do wrong in any way? He swore, to, he swore, right, I'm sorry, he swore, false, he swore, he swore truthfully. So how could we even have a, how could there be any, any problem over here? So Morris says, you're right. Change that third case to, that's the most damning case so far, is that he didn't know it was Ruven's animal, and he did know that it ran into Shimon's field, and he did see Shimon close the door behind. And he denied that. Now, why it's not 100%, says Rashi, because Shimon still, when he's claimed, Shimon could have said the animal died. Shimon still could have got off the hook. It's not that uh, you saw something that necessarily would have held Shimon accountable, per se. There's still a way that Shimon could have. But nevertheless, that would have been something that would have been a great indicator for Reuven as to what he should get, how he should be getting his animal. Okay, so basically, let's just analyze this for a moment. Benazai came along and he gave us three scenarios where there is possible information that the aide is denying concerning the case between Ruvain and Shimon. All right? Now, but, but Benazai never indicated to us what, what about those three cases. What is he trying to point out? He says, there are three scenarios that you, concerning the concept of a shvua that can be made. Now, all three cases, as we explained, are not 100% that Reuven would have been able to get, claim anything necessarily. But what about, what does it do for the aid? What is it doing over here? So, what it says, it says, my so what halacha are you coming to teach me? So, Rav Ami Amar Rabbi Chanina is lifter. He says, well, Ben Azza is coming to tell you these three scenarios, you are not able to make the person swear. You can't make him swear because since his testimony is not going to be, he would not be chayev to take, to bring a carbon for these three things because what he knows is not something that could have necessarily have led to your, uh, your, would not have directly aided you in your case 
to, uh, to, 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 to win the case. So therefore, what he's, Ben Azai is saying, this is not, these three cases are not the classical case that somebody could be forced to swear and uh, he would have to then bring a, Corbin for swearing falsely. The exact opposite. Right. Well, we, we, he's saying those are three scenarios, but it's not, he meant that are not the classic case. Shmuel disagrees. Shmuel says, that's not what Ben is telling me. Ben is telling me that even though in these three cases it's not a slam dunk, but nevertheless, since the testimony would have aided Ruvain on some level, and, Shima, and, and the aide refuses to testify, therefore what? You can make him swear. Therefore, you can make him swear, and if he doesn't, and, and, and if he does swear, and it comes out that he withheld, he suppressed this information, he will be chayev a carbon, uh, carbon alveyorin. So Shmuel Amar lechiyuv. So Mora says, so what is the machlokus over here? Mora says, really, the machlokus comes out is how how critical is the information that is being suppressed? How critical does it have to be to create the situation of a carbon olive yor? That's really what the machlokas comes out. So much as a plug to the honey tanoi, that the same machlokas that we just shared, machlokas amaroim between Ravami and Shmuel, is actually the same machlokas over here, machlokas tanoim. Now the machlokas tanoim over here is, we know that in order for uh, Ruvain to win his case against Shimon, one witness is not going to help him directly. You really need to have two. What will one witness do? If Ruvain has one witness support, supporting his claim, it requires Shimon to take an oath. Right? But Shimon can still deny, but he would be, if you have an eight echad against him, Shimon would have to take an oath. Now, it's very possible that under the threat of an oath, a person will capitulate and admit. So we have your machlokas tanoim. Let's say you went over to the eight echad and you say, listen, I understand you're only an eight echad and there's no other eight supporting what I'm saying, but I need your testimony, not because it's going to make Shimon pay directly, but what will it do? It'll call, and the guy, the eight echad refuses to testify and even swears falsely that he does not have the information and then admits. The question is, is that admission require carbon olive yored? Why? Because what he was suppressing was, enough to make was not enough to make Shimon have to pay, but it was enough to make Shimon have to show. So the machlokas tanoyim that we're going to bring here is that if it's something that indirectly could have met, could have supported Ruvain in his case, is that enough to make a person a carbon olive yard for suppressing it? That's going to be the same machlokas we had before, where the information that was being suppressed wasn't necessarily 100% a slam dunk to allow Ruvain to win his case. That's the more wants to tie the two things together. So one says like this. So one says, so this is actually a machlokas tanoim. The Sanya, we learned in the Bryce, must be a eight echod, where there's only one eight, in support of what Ruven's saying, and the aide refuses to take the uh, refuses to testify. Potter, he is exempt. It, I'm not clear over here if he's Potter from swearing, or even if he did swear, he'll be Potter from the carbon oil of a yore. But the idea is, it's not a case of carbon oil. Or according to this opinion, because it's not something that could have. Have a direct impact on the case. Rabbi Lazar Shimon disagrees. Is Machayev? No. If the eight echad refuses to testify and swears falsely, he's going to be chayev a case of carbon olivayorin. So my kamiflugi, what are they arguing about? Mar savar davarak vermel momen kemomen domi. One holds that even if it's not something that was a hundred percent testifying about a financial 
slam dunk for Ruvain, but it could have led to that. It could have created the oath that could have allowed for Ruvain to collect. It's considered like there was a direct denial on the money itself, and it is considered to be a case of the carbon oliviard of the Shwusa Edom. Right? Umar Savralav Kamamandami. No. The fact that it could have led to it is not enough to be Machayev the Eid Echad to have to either take the oath or have to bring a carbon oliviard for having sworn false. Alright. Vaiter. Amar Rabshashis. Rabshashis says like this. Yeah. Basically, what Rabshashis is going to be, uh, talking about is the case that we, we have in, in the Torah where a person, uh, we had, uh, uh, four different scenarios where a person is withholding money from someone. And not only that, to back up his position that he is not Liable, he swears falsely, and then he admits. So the Torah is ruling under that circumstances that uh, he not only has to pay back the principal, but he has to add a surcharge of a chomish, and he also has to bring a carbon asham. Right. What Rav Sheshit is saying is that even without the oath. If somebody has money, even let's say you lent somebody money, you gave somebody bikot, and you made him your shomer, he found your aveda. So the initial intake of the money was not automatically done through exela, right? It didn't become exela right away. It was made in a permissible manner, right? And that being a permissible manner comes with a number of different, uh, uh, obligations. not obligations, it comes with different, uh, protections. You don't, you're not completely liable. A goslin, no matter what happens to the animal, he has, is, is, even owns him. Even owns him is, is going to be high. But a person who money came into his hands in a permissible way, I ask you to watch my animal, you're a shomer chinam, you're not chayv in gneva vaveda. Says Rav Sheshes, at the moment that you deny having my money, even if you don't take an oath, to back up your claim, you switch from all of the exemptions, you are punished, immediately you are punished, you are held accountable, that means the consequences of your denying switches you to becoming immediately a goslin. And that comes with it a tremendous amount of liability that did not exist from before. Right? So, and, he, and he's going to try and bring a riot from the Psukim that talk about the case of the Chomish and the Asham. We'll see in a moment. So, Amar Abshashis, a kofar bibikodin, somebody who swore, uh, denied, not swore, who denied having a object that he was watching in a permissible way initially, immediately, Nasa Allah, he takes the consequences of his denying, make him, turn him into a goslin. Vechayva owns him, and now he'll be liable for even those type of, uh, in, uh, inadvertent type, or, uh, uh, unavoidable mishaps that would have normally not held him accountable. Vitana Tuna, and this point of Rabshashas is supported by the following Tana. The Tana taught in the, in the Bryce of the following. Now this Posuk is talking about the Posuk that we had before. That it says that when you have an item, and uh, that he was given to you as a loan, or you're withholding someone's wages, or it gives a hold, and the kichesh ba, and you denied it, 
right? The Pazik says, and you denied the, uh, the, the, the having, uh, the having liability, having, having the object, having to pay it back. So the Pazik says over there, the Pazik says like this, it says, you have to return the item that was, uh, that was stolen. You have an obligation to turn the, the item that was stolen. And the Pazik says, also says, and, uh, in the same verse, that for having sworn falsely, you not only have to pay the principal, but you also have to pay a surcharge, plus you have to bring a carbon. Now, Rav Sheshis understands there's two things going on in the Pesach. The first part is for denying for Heshav Zagzela Sher means the moment you deny, then you're already considered to be Heshav Zagzela, you have an obligation to return the law as, as a stolen object. The second thing is going on, and if not only did you not deny, but you swore... So, one thing he's denied that he has... And that automatically makes you... Now, if you swore to back up your denying, that takes you to the next level of culpability. What does that require? But here, there's two different things going on. The the fact that you call the Goslin, is not coming because of the oath. That's coming denying, automatically denying. for the denying. That's the point that he's he, that he's trying to bring out over here from the Brisa. Says the Kichejba that when you deny the the the, the, the onish that teaches us immediately that there is a consequence. What is the consequence according to Pshaishas? How is he understanding the Brisa? What's the consequence? What's the punishment? The penalty for denying? That's the commission. No, no, deny no, for denying. Yes, 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 you become a goslin. That's the goslin. Now, says the Gemara, Azora mean, Lamad no Onish. The penalty, the consequence is there, but we know whenever there's a consequence, there also has to be a warning. Where is the warning for having denied? It's not talking about actual stealing. You're becoming a thief. Where do we see that when you deny, there's a warning that your denial alone is, a, you're warned not to deny. Azora mean, where's the warning? Talmud Lomar, that's a, a separate verse, the Pazik says that do, do not steal, and do not deny, and do not swear for, and do not swear, do not lie uh, concerning money. But the do not deny having, owing someone something, that is the warning for what Rav Sheshaz is saying, is where you deny, you automatically the punishment is you become a Gazlan. So my love, Leonish, actually some change the gears here, Leonish Kfira. Isn't this the penalty for the actual Kfira? Or the, the, or the denial of the money? Not, that's, a, it's just for the denial phase of what you've done. That's where you get the penalty of, the, the consequence of becoming a Goslin. When it says lie, that's not pshat, that's not what the Bryce is referring to. The Bryce is understanding the Pasuk is what makes you into a Gazlan, not the denial on its own. But what's making you automatically switch to becoming a Gazlan is not because you denied. Came to your hand in a heter way, then just saying, I don't have it is not enough to make you into a Gazlan. What has to, the, the laws of Gzela will only be chal on you if what? If you take an oath to back it up. I mean, obviously you have to return the thing to the guy. We're not talking about it. We're talking about what changes your status. Right, that you come back When he denied he had it initially, yeah. he becomes a gazel out of Matthew. No, no, that was Rav Sheish's claim. Oh, okay, now, we're not talking about, of course the guy's doing something wrong here. The question is the legal status of the person. So the Gemara is saying it's no proof. Maybe what the Brides are saying, the owner of becoming a Goslin is not just the denial alone. Maybe what changes him into becoming a Goslin is the denial backed up with the oath. 
Tzmor says, Loi, it's Loona Shvua. This is the penalty, this is the consequence of the oath that it's Vaheshav is like Zayla in the Pasuk. Not just the denial alone. Denial alone doesn't change his legal status. Says the more you can't say that because the Brisa discusses two scenarios. The first thing that says that there's an onish, that's the first thing we said. Now you want to say that's somehow we made the oath, but Hamidiktani Sefer, look at the second half of the Brisa. It says, uh, 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 where's the place? Ishtaba. Since the second half of the Brisa is focusing on what is his penalty for having sworn falsely, implies that the first part of the Brisa is not talking about what, right. where he swore. That's implied it's only talking about because of the denial. Where, he, where he's being penalized for denying alone without the oath. The Ktani Sefer, because the second half of the Brisa records, So we first dealt with the Kichashba. The second half of the Brisa dealing with Nishba al Shakr. So therefore we know the penalty. What's the penalty for swearing falsely? That's the part that says what? You have to bring the Chomish and you have to bring the Asham. Right? So, Azhar Minayin, where is the warning? Where is the warning in the Torah that talks about for that act, the penalty for that, for the having to add the, the surcharge of the fifth? Talmud Lama, Lo Shakru. That's the apostle that says, do not swear, do not, uh, do not, uh, do not lie. And it's someone, do not lie under oath. That's what it's referring to. It's this, that's what it's, so therefore the second half of the bride is talking about for swearing falsely. Must be the first part of the punishment's coming just for the denial alone. But it's safe for the Ishtaba. Since the second half of the bride is talking about where you swore, so then Reisha, the first half of the penalty must be Zuloi Ishtaba. It's just for the Kfira. And therefore, Rav Sheshis' contention is upheld that what, what does he hold? Is that your legal status changes, you get the consequence of being a Gazel, for denial alone without it being supported by an oath. So the Shiva said it's not a proof. Amri, it could be that in both cases the bride is referring to where you swore falsely. And there's two different punishments. There's a punishment you become a goslin where you swear falsely. And there's a punishment where you become a goslin where you swear falsely. And you have to pay the surcharge of the fifth and the ashram. What's the difference? Because the second half of the brisa is talking about where you swore falsely and you admit there's right. two different things where there was a hodah. Meaning, in one case, if you swear falsely and Adam show up, but you don't admit, there the only consequence of that act is going to be is that v'heshev zakzela shir gazel. You become, you be, legally you're considered to be a gazel and anything happened to it, you're chayev because you be, you're considered to be a gazel because you swore falsely. In the second half of the bride, so what's being added is admit. where you admit, so there, because actually part of it is an atonement, not only are you, swe- you switched to become a gazan, because you already became switched to become a gazan for the fact that nice. you, swore. no, that swore. you swore. What, what the ups the ante, so is that it. when you admit it to it, it's actually not upping, oh. it's actually helping you to a certain extent, it's because now hummer. it's, it's, it's chamur, but it's really a clue, because you actually extricate yourself from the sin more, right. that you have to add the fifth and bring the carbon. But, the one is saying, but for denial alone, nothing. It might not be that you're automatically legally switched to becoming a gazan, not like Rav Sheshus wanted to say. Okay. So, Khan says, says, no, it could be either the either the ishtaba. The first part of the bride and the second part of the bride are both talking about where you swore falsely. But the difference between the first part and the second part is, the first part is where you did, where you did not admit that the Adam came and proved that you were lying. Khan Shahoda 
the one case where there was an admission, which is the second half of the bride, the Kancha Bo Edim, then that's on the first part of the bride, somewhere where Edim were the ones that showed up and showed you a line. Also, Edim, if Edim show up, there the consequence of that is Chayv Ba'onsim. You are Chayv and Onsim. Chayv Ba'onsim, basically another way of saying yeah, right. you became a Gazan. I do your OD, but if it wasn't Aiden that showed up, if you were willing to admit, so in such a case, you're going to be Chayv in the Keren, you're Chayv in a Chomesh, and you're Chayv in an Oshom. But the idea that your denial alone switches you to become a Goslin, that Rabshesha's holds that, but we don't necessarily have a proof that that is correct. So, so this last thing, when you were Chayv Onsin, so if the witnesses come, say, you, you swore, and they say that you're lying. Yeah. And something happened in the interim. The animal had a heart attack and died. So you're chayev for the... As a shomer, you wouldn't have been chayev it. Right, but... But now, because you're chayev and onsim, you are chayev. So you're chayev for what? what punish for the penalty, like a karen? Yeah, you'd have to pay back the actual animal itself. Chomish as well, or not? No, no, because chomish only comes because of admission. Right, okay. All right. Now, Masiv Rami Bar Rami Bar is going to ask a... Uh, is asking a question from the following brysa. Look at the question he asks. The Brisa deals with that Minatora, the, there, there's only uh, three uh, cases where there's a Shvua Minatora, for example, motive and mixas. <coughs> I say to Adam, you owe me 10 grand. Adam says, I only owe, I paid you part of it. I don't owe you the full amount. So you admit to part of it, I can make you take an oath on the other part. But all the cases Minatora, the, the, function of the shvur is to exonerate yourself from the claim. It's to extricate yourself. It's a nishba ve'ena meshalem. It's in order to remove yourself from the claim of the person who's coming against you. Midra bonon, there are cases where you can take an oath to collect. But an oath to collect does not exist in a Torah. In a Torah, all the oaths that are in place are oaths to extricate yourself from the claim, to defend yourself from the claim, not an oath that allows you to collect. So the Mishnah deals with a situation, what happens if the person that you are coming against, you're claiming against, that should have been able to make the oath, is disqualified from making an oath. We'll see the examples. But he has become disqualified. This person is no longer trustworthy concerning an oath. So how can I allow him to take the oath to extricate himself? So the Chachamim said that in such a case, we flip the oath. And instead of making an oath that would exonerate the defendant, we allow the claimant to make the oath to collect. Implicating. Right. That's, so therefore, that's what this, this is talking about. So it says, a Masiv Rami Barcham. The one is going to be asking a Kashi on Rav Sheshas. Again, a to Rav Sheshas, when do you become the status of a, of a Goslin? You don't need an oath for that. Just, Just the denial alone makes you that. Now, so it says like this. Masiv Rami Barcham. Rami Barcham asked a question from, I think it might be a Mishnah. I don't know if it's a mission. There's What's not that? any witnesses or anything. What's that? He just denies it. There's no witnesses. Well, we have to know that his denial is false. Right. right. But anyway, so it says like this. So, Mazim HaMachama, V'shechenegdo Choshev HaLashvur, that one of the cases where we allow the claimants to take the oath to get paid is where the person who is claiming against is Choshev HaLashvur. What does Choshev HaLashvur mean? He's suspect to having sworn uh, to, 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 that he's, what, that he's, we don't allow him to take an oath because we cannot trust that the oath he'll be taking is a valid oath. Kate said, what's an example 
says the Mishnah, that such a, of, of a person that we cannot allow to take an oath to defend himself. So one, Let's say in a previous situation, he was found false, he was found lying by a shvur of testimony. I mean, he testified, he swore that he never knew testimony. And someone then, Adam showed up and proved that he had, or he himself even admitted that he was lying. This is a person that has now created uh, a, 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 a suspicion concerning his oath, that would be a, 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 a classical situation where we would allow the claimant to swear to collect as opposed to allowing himself into the, in, a new, in a different case, in a case of let's say a motive amix us. We admit partially we won't let him swear. Why? Because last week we know he lied in a case of a Shvusa Eda situation. It's another example. Echa Shvusa Pikodon. Shvusa Pikodon was, is that last week we had a situation where he was given an object to watch and then he swore that he never had the object, right? And we found out that he was lying. That would be an example of a guy that does not, cannot take a shvur this week and would allow the claimant to make the oath instead. And the third scenario is even a shvur that doesn't involve any fight. The first two involve financial <laughs> situations. The third one is the guy shows that he is... Uh, has no takes, does not take oaths seriously. He swore, we know that he swore, he swore that a, that a piece of gold is a piece of wood, or a piece of wood is a, so shvur shav. He made a shvur shav. So we know that he made a shvur shav. Once someone has shown that he is flippant, uh, in the way that he deals with oaths, Therefore, what? No longer trustworthy. Yeah. The, the plaintiff can swear. Correct. Therefore, right. So, therefore, now, what Gemara is saying, a Gavaldiga Kasha. Gemara is saying, like, you want to give an example by where, in a case where the guy was a shomer, he was watching a picadon, that what will disqualify him from being make, making an oath mm. is where what? Is where he swore falsely that he previously had it. Now, we know a goslin, someone who's a goslin, is also not allowed to take an oath. If denial alone made him, made him into a goslin, why do you have to create the case by the Shvur Sapikodon that he swore? According to Rav even he denied having it alone would have turned him into a goslin and not able to, not then not been able. So why do you have to come up with a case where he swore falsely as a Shvur Sapikodon? Just make a case where there was denial. Must be what? That the denial alone did not, did not categorize him as a goslin. Oh, and that's why you need to come on to the oath. Sure, Clear? Okay. So therefore like this. So the im he saw, and if it is so, that bekfira hu de'ifsil, that he becomes disqualified <laughs> through, the de, through the denial alone, so then uh, Amri, so the I'm sorry, if it's like, like Rav Shesha's wanted to say, then then with a denial alone, he would have become disqualified. And why do you have to come on to the fact that he had to take an oath? So that's a question on Rav Shesha's. So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva answered to defend Rav Shesha's, Hachav Mayaskin, what we're dealing with over here, is the Kai Ba'agam, the Lav Kfirahu. Says so a fascinating concept here. There's no question. If a guy has with him the object that he's watching, it's in the, it's, it's in the next room, and he denies having it, says of Shesha's immediately what? He's a Gazan. He's considered a Gazan. What happens if Ruben comes to Shimon and says, where is the object that I gave? Where's my cow? Now his cow's not in the next room. Shimon knows that he's done something wrong. He's left it in the swamp and it really, 
he should he should be watching it and he's not watching, but it's there. In such a case where Shimon denies having it, we don't automatically make him into a Gazan. Why? Because we say that really he doesn't mean to steal it. He's just trying to buy time to go back to the swamp, pick it up, and come. Oh, I forgot. I uh, here it here it is. So you not, not every denial automatically yeah. is going to turn someone into a Gazan. Now it's fascinating because this happens to be a machlokas Yerashi and Tosos. That's talking about where the item that was given to watch is an item. What happens if it's money? You and it was a loan. So doesn't make a difference whether the money is still intact. And it's here, or the money was spent. Uh, Rashi seems to make, to say, is that it makes a difference, because if the money is here and he denies, then automatically he's a Gazan. But if the money was spent, it's possible that he's not really a Gazan. The only reason he's denying is because he doesn't have the money right now. He's buying time to be able to get the money to be able to pay you back. So, Rashi compares the same idea by Picardon, similar to what the, the situation by Monet. Now, the point is over here is that we're saying is like this. So, you asked me, Akasha, why in the case of Picardon do you have to make the person have to have sworn to become a god? Because once you swear, we don't say buying time. You don't swear to buy time. You'll deny, but not swear. So, therefore, the reason why you come up to the oath because we're talking about a case where the Picardon Pardon was not right there with the defendant. Because therefore, he could, so therefore the denial alone would not have turned him into a Gazan because he was trying to buy time. So the only thing that will turn into a Gazan under that circumstance is Shvur. When Rav Sheshes was talking about that a denial turns you into a Gazan, that's all matter. The guy is in the next room. When you're denying it, you're obviously you're a Gazan. That's the that, Gemara's that's answer. So Gemara says as follows. So Gemara says, no. Uh, Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva answered, mm-hmm. is that Agamai Eskim, we're dealing with over here, is the Kaiba Agam, is that the animal was in the swamp. Jalav Kfiru, we don't consider that denial a denial that's gonna make you into a Gazan. To suffer because the, the defendant thinks, Ishtamitna lay, I'm going to slip away, Ada'azil no my sinla, in the meantime, I will go and I will bring it back. So I'm not trying to steal it, I'm just trying to get it back to him, I just don't want to admit the fact that I left it in the swamp. I'll prove to you, says the Gemara, that such a svara, to make a chilek between, is it a pecotin in your hand right now, or is it something that you could get, uh, that you're just denying in order to be able to get back later, there's a difference in terms of whether we deal with you as a Gazan or not, I'll prove you, prove that to you. If someone denied by a loan, he does not automatically, that does, that, that does not disqualify him as a goslin to become possible for Adus. Why? Because if it's a loan, and again, going to Rashi, the money was spent, we don't automatically say his intent is to steal. The denial over there could just be what? To buy time. Buy time. But Picardon, however, if he's denying an object that we know, we find out later that he actually did have, so what's the din in such a case? Posel Aedus. Why? Now, because why does the Picardon posel him Aedus and the Milva does not? What's the difference? Because the Amar Ilfa, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the, the difference is, is by the Picardon, it's there, he's, 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 he wants to steal it. By the money, he's just buying time to be able to recoup the money that he owes. Okay. Says the more like this. <coughs> so, um, 
so basically, we're, 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 we're saying is that by a, uh, uh, a, 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 a an automatic denial, it ha- a, a denial is not automatically making a goslin. You have to know the circumstances. If it's a way that he's just trying to buy time, then it's not automatically uh, right. So okay. says right. So says the Gemara like this. For Amar Ilfa, the one has a question now on Rav Sheshes again. He says Shvua Kaina. The oath acquires. Now the Gemara assumes right now that what did he mean Shua Akaina? That we know there's an in idea that we, the Indian of Kenyan become the, a Kenyan Zela. That the item you're watching, you become your conan as a goslin. So we think that's what he's referring to. So he's saying is that an item that you were given to watch, what point makes it that you are now conan as a goslin? Yopa said the Shvua is Kona. So that's a difficulty on what Rav said. Because Rav says that it's not necessarily the Shvur that makes you into a goslin. The denial could make you into a goslin. I was asking Kasha from Ilfa that I guess lived, he lived earlier, the early generation of Amorim than, 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 than Shmuel. So says the Gemara of Amor, Ilfa, Shvur, Koina. Shvur de Kanya. It's the Shvur that makes you, acquires the item for you as a Gzela, for Onsim. Aval Kfira, but the denial on its own, Lo Kanya. So how are we going to get out of that? So when it says Hachamaya Skinner, what we're dealing with over here is the Kain Begva Agam. Well, Ilfa was talking about again where the object wasn't underhand. The object was a, a, a far away from the defendant and therefore in such a case the only thing that will automatically turn him into a Gazan is not the denial because the denial could just be a way of buying time. Buying time. It is only a Shvua under that circumstance. That's one way of discussing, answering this. The other way of, 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 of explaining it is that, that Ilfa wasn't talking about what makes you into a goslin. He wasn't talking about that at all. That has nothing to do with what we're discussing with Rabsheshes. Shvur Koina is referring to another halacha, halacha that was taught by Rav. Now I'm going to tell you over this halacha outside, and then we're going to spend the rest of the Amr today dealing with the, the intricacies of this halacha. But Rav, based on a posuk, maintains that if there is a claim against a person and he swears he swears and we'll see exactly which the situ- what the scenario is going to be that in certain circumstances once you've accepted the oath you adjured him you said I want your oath and he gave you your oath in such a case he will, you will no- even if you bring Adam later on that proves that he actually does owe you the money, you are required to accept his oath and you cannot make him pay. Repeat this again. There are going to be circumstances where if you adjure someone and you say, you know, you owe me money and he says, I don't. And you say, well, will you take an oath? Once he's willing to take that oath and he swears, you need to accept that oath. And even if later on you bring Adam... To prove the contrary, you are bound to accept the oath and you cannot make him pay. There's going to be circumstances that Rav holds that, that the Torah is telling you. So if you're going to make the guy take the oath, remember that oath is binding. It means it's binding on you too to accept it. Right? The for, because Adam doesn't necessarily mean that they're 100% true either. So if you're going to accept the person's oath as truth, then you have to accept it and you cannot even bring Adam against him as well. No, we'll see, not every case. But we're going to see that there are going to be circumstances where that might be true. And that's what Ilfa was saying. Ilfa was saying is that the Shvua is Kona. What did Ilfa mean the Shvua is Kona? 
That shvua is binding. It's binding, meaning it, it acquires the item to the person who takes the shvua. You can no longer collect it from him. That's what shvua is. So it has nothing to do with rabsheshes at this point, with the kfira, nothing to do with that. It's specifically focusing on this uh, nuance of halacha that was being taught by Rav. So let's see inside. So Levi's Ema, my shvua kona. What did what did Ilfa mean that shvua is kona? Kedu Ravuna, I'm a Rav. Dam Ravuna, I'm a Rav. Mana If you go to someone and you say you have my hundred bucks, he says, "What are you talking about? I don't have the hundred bucks." Now, under that circumstance, by the way, you're not even obligated to take an oath minat Torah. Why? Because it's a ko for a ko. If would have said, "I only owe you fifty, then you're, then you could then, then it's not me making you take the oath; it's the Torah making you take the oath. But over here, so he says, "Venishba," and you said, "Well, are you willing to take an oath for that scenario?" And he said, "Yes." And then Adam show up and say, "We saw you lend him the hundred bucks, Potter." Your potter, that means you cannot use those Adim anymore. You have to accept the Shvua. What's the proof from that, says Rav? Shenemar, because the Pasuk says, this is a Pasuk actually by Shomer, Shomer Sachar, that it says that you can make him swear under certain circumstances that he was not negligent or whatever it is. It says, Velokach Balov, that the owner has to take. Now it's talking about the guy made an oath. So what's the owner taking? He's taking the oath. The owner has to take, he has to accept the oath below Yishalem and the uh, defendant does not pay. So Ravi's taking that on a much broader scale. It means once you've adjured him, you made him take that, you wanted him to take that oath and you and he took it and you accepted it. Lo Yishalem, what does that mean? That even, even if, if you bring Adam later on, Kevin Shekibla Abalim, Shvua, once the Balim accepted the oath, Shuv Ein Mishalem Mamon, then you can no longer make him pay. So therefore, that's the, that's the nuance that Rav said. Now, obviously, there, this can't be in every, in every situation, because then you wouldn't have the, have the case of, uh, of, 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 of Karen and Chomish. Because he swore and you can never make him pay him. That's a meaning where a person, so it's clearly not talking about a case where the person swore and then admitted falsely and then can bring the Karen and the Chomish and the, it's not talking about that case. That, so it's not, so there are cases, this is not a blanket statement, but there are scenarios where you have to accept the oath even if Adam come later, he cannot make him pay. Is it going to tell us what the scenario is? Yes, we are. Gufa. This itself was just mentioned. Amrav Hunamarav. Manali biyodcha. You owe me a hundred bucks. Vahalo omer enlacha biyodi klum. And the defendant says, No, I don't owe you anything. Venishba. And you swore. Uva Adim. And then when Adim showed up, Potter, Shanem alak velokach valav veloyeshalem. That the owner will take. What is he taking? He'll take the oath. And then and the defendant, loyeshalem, that's going on the defendant, he does not have to pay. Kevin Shakib Labal and Shvu, when the Balam accept the oath, Shuvayin Mashal Moman, he does not have to pay money anymore. That was the ruling that was said by Rav. Ama Rava. So Rava said, at first glance, Mustabra Milsa de Rav the Milva. I could see Rav's din in, in a case of a loan. 
I could see in a case of a loan, nitno, because a loan, as soon as you give it over, it no longer is considered to be the money of the Loaner, the claimant. Right. It already becomes, and therefore it fits the post because the post says lo yeshalem. What does lo yeshalem mean? Once there's been an oath, lo yeshalem, you don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. It's only called paying if I'm paying. I'm giving you something that doesn't belong to you. Doesn't belong to you. Even though I owe you a hundred bucks, when I give you a hundred bucks, it's not your hundred dollars. It's my hundred dollars that I'm giving to you. So lo yeshalem, this din of taking an oath, then you don't have to pay, <coughs> implies that we're dealing with something that it's the defendant is giving something new. Doesn't have to give anything new to the claimant. But it, it's not implied by a picodon. Because a picodon, if I say you are watching my item, and you have my item, and I say no I don't, when I give it back to you, I'm not paying you. That's, called, that's not called lo yeshalem. That I'm returning what was yours. So, but the positive is lo yeshalem. So says, so, so says, says Rav, I, I, this, this chiddush of Rav that he's basing on the positive would seem to me fitting the positive much more if we're talking about something that's uh, a loan that is automatically becomes the defendant when it's given, when it's lent. Avo pikodon, which is brashuse de but an object which is always in the hand, belonging in the jurisdiction of the, the claimant. So I wouldn't use the word yeshalem on that. The de but but by God, I'm swearing by God, I'm a rav of pikodon. Rav said is dead, even though it's true, it would fit the pasuk better by Milva, but Rav says aloha that even in a case of pikodon, if I claim that you have my cow, and you say that you don't, and then you're willing to swear that you don't, even even in such a case, the din would be that I, once I've accepted your oath, I cannot bring Adam to extricate it from you. Alright? So therefore, and, and the proof is, because this pasuk is written in the case of Shomer Sachar. What is the case of Shomer Sachar? It's not a loan. What is the case of a Shomer Sachar? Right? You're paying someone to watch your picardon. Mm-hmm. So this puzzle is actually written in the case of picardon. So clearly it's not just going on mill, but it's going on picardon too. The chik siv krob, because when the puzzle is written, the picardon siv, it's written in the parsha, uh, it's written in, in picardon. Yosef Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman was sitting, the ka'amala shmaitzeh, and he, shmaitzeh, and he taught over the halacha that was said by Rav, that in certain circumstances where you swear, you adjure the person to take an oath, you cannot bring aid him to collect. So Rav Acha said this position is unattainable because look at the following b'risa. The b'risa says as follows: Heichan pigdaini. Reuven comes to Shimon and says, "Where is my pikadon? Where is my deposit? My item that I gave you to watch last week?" Amarle avat. He says, "I was lost." Now we're talking about a shomer chinam. So claiming that it was lost is basically a way of saying, exempt. I'm exempt. But, you want to say, you want to take the road uh, that you're a Shomer Chinam and you're Potter and Aveda, so therefore you're, you're, you're called the Torrentinus Ovid. You're claiming with us, I can make you take an oath. So, Majbiachani, I make you take an oath that you don't have it, but it actually was lost. Va'amar Amen, and saying Amen is accepting the oath, finally says the oath. And the Adam come and say, what are you talking about? It was lost. We saw you have a barbecue and you ate this cow last week. So what do you mean it was lost? So the Meshalem Esa Keren. You have to pay back the cow. You have to pay back the Keren. The question is from here. Right away here's the question. Why is the question from here? Because the Chorah, once you accepted the oath, according to Rav's din, 
then even if the Adem showed up later, you should be Potter according to the, 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 the rule. Alright? Let's say it wasn't the Adem that, uh, that, that, that held you culpable. But it's your admission. You admitted to it. Mishalem. So that's the parsh in the Torah. That we are, we're not going to argue with. That's Mashalim Karen Vechomesh Vashom. But the question comes from the first ruling, Jesus where it's Tontanus Ovid. It says, Yechayev, you could bring Adim after the person swore. So Amalir of Nachman, Hachmai Askinan, Kigoyen Shanishba Chutzla Beistin. The way I can get out of it is that the oath was not really 100% with all the bells and whistles of an oath. Because in order for the oath to be exonerating you, and no Adam can come, it's if you took it in Beistin. The oath that we're dealing with over here, that Adam showed up later and that you have to pay for the cow, is where you took that oath outside of Beistin. An oath that's outside of Beistin is not as effective as one in, and therefore one of the differences is, is that I can bring Adem, if it's an oath that was made Mechayev. after Adem, Mechayev, not one that was done in Beistin. So Amalei, if you're telling me that this scenario was outside of Beistin, so it's really, it's interesting, because but the kin of Karen Chomesh V'Oshem, that could even be an oath, we're saying on an oath outside of Beistin. But the one that has a question from the second half of the Brisa, let's take a look at the second half of the Brisa. What is the second half of the Brisa? It says, Heichan Pigdoni, again, where is my Pikodon? Amroloi Nignav. He said it was, not this case, he didn't say it was lost. This is a Tontain as Ganav. He claims someone stole it from him. Now, we learned, we're going to see, the difference, Tontan is Ovad, when if you found out to be lying, you pay a Karen. If you claim that it was stolen, so then you're going to, you get the din of a Ganav. And therefore, what's the Kefal. din? You'd have to pay Kefal. Again, with an oath, it's going to be with an oath. So therefore, I make you swear. For Amar, Amen, and he said, Amen, then Adam show up and said, it was he who stole it. So there, uh, uh, right, then you have to pay the kefal. Now, if it hold let's say it wasn't the Adam that, 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 that made him back down, that he swore falsely that it was stolen. But he himself got a conscience, and he came and he admitted that he had lied when he said it was stolen. Again, it goes back to the din of the Karen Chomish V'Ashem. But the Kasha from the Reisha. The din Kefal can only be done in Beis Din. You cannot be high of Kefal for a Shvua that you took outside of Beis Din. So how can you say the case of Tontan as Ganev that you have Kefal if it's happening in the uh, in, in outside of Basin. So if the second half of the bride is talking out, it had to be inside mm-hmm. of Basin. So it must be the too. first part is also. So the Esau that died to Chutzla Basin, if it's outside of Basin, Mika Kevel, is there a penalty, a penalty of Kevel? So I'm a lay. So Rav Sheshit says, you know, I could push you off and say, the first half of the bride is talking about outside of Basin. The second half of the bride mm-hmm. is talking about inside of Basin. But to say that the bride is talking about two separate locations, I get that it's difficult to say, so I'm not going to push you off that way. Yachil Lishnu Yilach, I could have answered you that Rashi's Chutzla based in the first half is outside of based in. The Seifa in the second half of the Bra was talking about isn't based in. Mishnu Dechikolemeshaninolach, but a difficult teretz, I'm not going to answer you. Both scenarios are in based in, but there's a difference. There is a difference whether did the did the 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 the, the uh, perpetrator. Did he jump up and make the oath without it being imposed on him? Or did he not? Kofatz means he jumped up and did it. If the person volunteered the oath, in such a case, where a person volunteers the oath, in such a case, that's where Adam can still come. 
But if the person was adjured that you said, I'm making you take the oath, then you've accepted his oath. That's when the Adim cannot come. I think that's the difference the Gemara is going to say. So let's see inside. So Gemara says as follows. In the first half of the Mishnah, where it says that they can bring the Adim, that's talking about Khan the Kafats. So that I'm going to make, but it's still a little bit different than the ration of the but it's not a broad difference between two different locations. The difference is Khan Bekafat. The first half of the Mishnah, where you can still bring the bride, so you can bring Adim, is where he jumped up and made the oath without you making him do it. And there you can bring Adim. Khan, but where you made him, you said, I want you to take the oath. And then he agreed to it. That's Vishalok Kafat, where he did not jump up and do it on his own. That's where once you accept that oath, then you cannot bring the Adim afterwards. And then it won't, you, you cannot be, uh, you, this is not a distinction in the Rish on the Sefer. This, I'm sorry, this is a distinction between, between why you're Chayev uh, uh, and uh, uh, why you're I'm sorry, you're right. It's, it's all not, in the Rish. No, no, but it also has to be in the, it also has to be in the Sefer too. Because the Sefer, it says you can mechaiv the guy Kefal. You bring the Aiden mechaiv him Kefal. He admitted in the Sefer. No, the se- there's only in the, the Sefer that's with the Ken the Chomish. Where the, where the case of Kefal is in, you brought the Aiden. So it is a difference in the Reisha and the Sefer. In the Reisha, it says that... Uh, he, s- he swore. Kan v'kafatz, one second. Kan v'kafatz, b'reish v'chani m'shalem v'shakafatz levesh b'yokodem shechiv b'eistin. He kama ravuna below kafatz. Rabba low kafat. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. It's not a difference. No, you're right. It's not the difference. Rabba got the sefer lo metukim bekafatz. Tiktani came. No, but Rashi points out the sefer also can't be told about a case of kafatz because it's talking about a case of kafel. And kafel, Rashi says, you cannot be chayv kafel unless they must be a him for his own shvur. He's not chayv with the chayv kafels. So you also have to say the sefer talking about was talking about the shalok kafatz. But we we don't have a problem. What's that? The main answer is the distinction between Rav's case and here. But you also have to make distinction. Is the din of tontanas ganav your chayv even if it's a case of low kafatz? It's only a case of low kafatz. So therefore, but tontanas avad in order to be chayv at tontanas avad that a person said it was lost. The scenario you have to say is that he could not, that not that you made him swear, because if he's, you made him swear, then you couldn't bring the aid. And it had to be that he jumped up and he swore on his own. If you made him swear, then, then, uh, then he's not, he's chayev to bring, uh, right. he's chayev even if they didn't come later. Amalei Rami Barcham Rab Nachman. Rami Barcham says Rab Nachman. I understand. Why are you doing backflips, calisthenics to explain the position of Rab? You don't agree with Rab. You hold that even if uh, if you made the guy swear and you bring Adam, you could be mechay of him. So why are you? So he says Amalei Rab Barcham Barcham Rab Nachman. Mechdi. Let's see. The Rab lo Sviroch. You don't agree with Rab's ruling. So Mashkuni Nafshech to pledge your soul at the Rab for Rab's position. Lamalach. Why are you doing that? So Amalei Lefushel the Rab. I'm only trying to explain Rav's position. I don't hold of Rav. I'm trying to explain Rav's position. The Rav This is the way Rav would explain the Mishnah. Says the Gemara like this. Why doesn't Rav Nachman agree with Rav? Rav bought a posuk. What was Rav's posuk? It says, That the bar, the owner, has to accept the oath. And it's mashma, And the defendant no longer has to pay. He was basing it on a posseh. So how does Rav Nachman deal with that posseh? says, Rav was bringing a posseh. So Amri, the Bnei Yeshiva said, according to Rav Nachman, that's not what the posseh is teaching me. The Amri, the posseh of the Lakar Baal of Lo Yishalom is just telling me a general, a general rule that what type of oaths are in the Torah, to oaths that the, the claimant has to accept 
and that the defendant does not have to pay. Like we said, that's the only type of oath. It's just telling you the rule. It's only a road or an oath not to pay, but there is no oath in the Torah that allows the claimant to collect. That's all it's telling me. So therefore, that the owner has to accept the oath, below your shalom, and the defendant doesn't pay. Someone who should have paid, he's the guy that gets the, uh, uh, gets the oath, but not the claimant in order to collect. So therefore, according to Rav Nachman, it's not teaching what Rav says. Okay, John, we'll stop over here. We'll continue tomorrow. Rav takes it a step further.